0: Today, we finish up a sermon series that we've been focusing on during this season of Advent, uh, creatively called the Songs of Advent. Um, As I was reading the Gospel of Luke in preparation for this holy season in the life of the church, it occurred to me that Luke feels a lot like a musical. There's this dialogue that takes place between characters, but when something important happens in the early chapters of Luke, the characters just break out in song. And so I thought, why not look at those songs throughout the season of Advent? And so today, our Scripture lesson is Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 32, And the title of the sermon is Simeon's Song. Simeon's Song. Now I'm going to confess to you, it feels a little strange on the birthday of Jesus to be preaching on a song that occurred some 40 days after Jesus was born. And yet, it's one of those songs in the first couple of chapters of Luke's Gospel, and I really wanted to mention it and reference it in our worship service on this Christmas day. It might be helpful for a little context so that you have some sense of what's going on here. Uh, After Mary would have given birth to Jesus because He was a baby boy, she would have been considered ritually unclean for seven days. And then she wouldn't be able to go to the temple until 40 days after Jesus was born. And so when Mary and Joseph go to the temple after the 40 days are up, there are a couple of reasons why they're doing that. The first reason why they're going to the temple is for the rites of purification to be performed for Mary. Um, Ever since... Um, the Levitical law it was around, you had to go and purify yourself, be declared clean so that you could resume your public life. This would have likely been the first time that Mary had been out in public since Jesus was born. She was there uh, to experience the rites of purification. But that's not the only reason she was there she was also there to present her firstborn son to the Lord. Ever since the exodus where God through Moses had freed the Hebrew slaves from bondage to the Egyptians, they had been instructed that every firstborn, not just humans, but also animals, had to be given to the Lord. Uh, presented to the Lord as a thanks offering for what God had done. And so Mary is not only there to be purified and declared pure, but she's also there to present her firstborn son to the Lord. Now, uh, everybody here knows that whenever you show up in worship, you're supposed to bring an offering, right? Right? Uh, If you don't, let me make that clear. But it was also true in Jesus' day. So when they were going to the temple to present the firstborn child to the Lord, they were to take with them an offering for sacrifice. And what they were supposed to bring was a lamb. But if you could not afford a lamb, the Scripture allowed for you to bring two pigeons or two doves. Did you catch in our Scripture lesson this morning, the the sacrifice that Mary and Joseph brought on that day was the pigeons and the doves variety. Uh, Mary and Joseph were people of little means. They were very poor. They bought a poor person's sacrifice to the temple. And oh, the irony. The irony that Mary was presenting to the Lord, the Lamb of God who had come to take away the sins of the world, and she couldn't even afford to bring a lamb as a sacrifice that day. Well, they weren't the only two people in the temple. There was a man named Simeon there as well. And and, and this Simeon, many people believe, was a priest, I guess because he was in the temple and because it says that he was righteous and devout. But the text doesn't say that Simeon was a priest. The, The text that says simply that Simeon was in the temple that day. Uh, we learn a little bit about Simeon. We learn that he is righteous and he's devout. And those two words sort of seem redundant, if you ask me. But, but apparently, uh, Luke wants to take special care in saying that not only was Simeon righteous, but he was also devout. It was as if righteous was about uh, external rightness, like he did everything right on the outside. But devout is more about what's going on on the inside. This internal connection with God. And so this was one of those rare people that that not only did all the right things on the outside, but his heart was pure on the inside. The next thing we're told about Simeon is that he had been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the consolation of Israel. And that's just a fancy phrase to say that Simeon had been waiting on the Messiah. Simeon had been waiting on the Son of God. Simeon had been waiting on Jesus Christ. And I want to suggest to you, my friends, that Simeon is not the first person to show up for worship that was waiting on something. In fact, there are many of you, if not all of you here this morning, are waiting on something. Some of you told me before the service that you're waiting to open up your presence after church this morning. Some of you are probably waiting to go back home and play with the presents that you already opened this morning. Some of you are probably waiting on some relationship that you've really prayed about that you really want. Some of you might be waiting on that promotion or that new job that's out there. Some of you may be waiting on the day when you won't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Some of you may be waiting on the day when you finally pay off Christmas 2022. Everybody here is waiting. If you're not waiting for anything else, you're waiting for me to finish the sermon. We're all waiting on something. But Simeon seems to be waiting really, really well. In fact, I'm not so sure that Simeon's story ever gets told in Luke's Gospel if it wasn't for the way that Simeon waited. He waited for the consolation of Israel. He waited for the Messiah. He believed that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah with his own two eyes. The reason why I don't know that the story even gets told if Simeon doesn't wait so well is because when you read Simeon's story, he's almost like a secondary character anyway. The Holy Spirit is the one that gets all the publicity in this story about the Holy Spirit was with him and the Holy Spirit was on him and the Holy Spirit had assured him that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah. This is really a story about what the Holy Spirit is up to and yet Simeon's story gets told in the Scripture because he waits so well. I, on the other hand, don't wait so well. Maybe I'm not the only one. I find it really difficult to wait and wait and wait. And and usually what happens for me when I wait and I wait and I wait is one of two things, if not both things. One is I sort of lose hope. You know, you wait and you wait and you wait on something and it never happens. It's just really easy to just eventually just, lose hope. And, and sometimes I've even been, been guilty when, when I've waited on the Lord and it hasn't happened in the way or in the time frame that I want. I'm like, oh, the Lord wants me to help Him. So I try to help the Lord. And have you ever tried to help the Lord do something because you were so impatient and waiting you'd lost hope? And, and, and then, you know, you're waiting on that love of your life and the love of your life doesn't have come. You haven't found Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright, so you just marry Mr. Right now or Mrs. Right now. And then all of a sudden you've just got a mess on your hands and it was all because you were losing hope that that, that was out there and so you decided that God needed a little help in the matter. Not only do we lose hope, but sometimes we lose patience, don't we? This is where I really struggle. You you begin to lose patience that that the promise is going to be fulfilled or that your dream or your prayer is going to happen. And once you lose patience, you just sort of give up on God. You just sort of say, well, if I don't get what I want, when I want it, in the way I want it, and how I want it, then I'm just going to give up on God altogether. I have this conversation with people over and over and over again throughout the course of my ministry, people who have decided to turn their back on God, and when you start to probe why they began to turn their back on God, it's because they wanted God to do something, and they wanted God to do it in a specific way, at a specific time, and for a specific purpose, and when it didn't happen, they just got so mad about it that they just lost their patience, and they just said, God... Forget about it. And they turned their back on the Lord. That's what happens sometimes when when we are waiting. We lose hope and we lose patience. But here's the good news of Simeon's psalm. Is that God is faithful even when we have trouble waiting. Even when we lose hope and even when we lose patience. Uh, Simeon got to see the fulfillment of the promise that was made to him, but even if Simeon had not been able to see that promise, God still came in the form of the baby Jesus to demonstrate to us this beautiful uh, experience a beautiful fragrance of love that um, Jesus made known to the world with the way that He lived and the way that He taught and the way that He modeled what it's like to be in right relationship with God. When Simeon saw that baby in the temple that day, he immediately burst out in song and he thanked God for uh, this promise being fulfilled in his life. And he said, now I can depart in peace because I have experienced the coming of the greatest gift of love that the world has ever known. And I want you to know that as you wait, sometimes less patiently than other times, as you wait, sometimes less hopefully then other times, you can be sure that God is with us and that God is coming to you. The One who came on Christmas Day still comes to us in so many ways every day. That is the good news of Christmas.